0: So sit tight, buckle up, and let's get started on today's podcast. Hi guys, and welcome to today's podcast. Today I am reposting an episode I recorded on Kylie Camp's podcast. We had a wonderful chat about all things gut health and some holistic, healthy lifestyle tips and diet hacks as well. So if you want to hear about all the wisdom that I gave to Kylie's listeners, make sure you tune in to today's podcast.
1: Welcome to this episode, health, nutrition and what to eat are really common questions that I'm getting asked each and every day in my direct messages or on my comments. And I can certainly share the things that work for me and, you know, the bits and bobs that I've learned along the way, but I am not a qualified dietitian and I always like to be sure that people know that. So for today's episode, I really wanted to have someone on board who is qualified and who is deep in the world of dietetics and empowering women in particular to be educated when it comes to nutrition. So I couldn't look any further than the beautiful Leanne Ward, also known as the fitness dietitian on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us, Leanne.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Kylie. I'm I'm honored
1: to be here. Awesome. So let's jump straight into it, as I'm sure that everyone listening cannot wait to hear some of your evidence-based info that you have to share today. For anyone who doesn't know you, can you just give us a little quick backstory into who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. So as you
0: mentioned, I'm a nutritionist, a dietitian and a sports dietitian and I'm currently located in Brisbane, but I actually consult to clients all over the world. So my background is in what we call clinical dietetics. So I'm a a hospital-based dietitian by background and I sort of specialize in women's uh, health and weight loss and the field of gastroenterology. So that's really um, related to gut health um, and associated conditions with the gut. So I guess for me as my background, I've always been interested in health and nutrition I guess my sort of things that I I wanted to do when I graduated from school were either um, in the medical field um, so being a doctor a physio or um, or a dietitian and I think I really fell into dietetics purely because of my love of food Um, I'm somebody that just loves talking about food all day long so Mm -hmm. I think um, you know being a dietitian suits me perfectly
1: (laughs) it shows you yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And I can see just through following you on Instagram that you've really built up an engaged tribe and community over the last few years. So for those that don't follow you yet, although I'm sure everyone will jump over and click follow, can you break down your anthem, like your mission statement? Because You're really clear, and I love it. Yeah.
0: So I guess my main aim is to help women worldwide just understand that, you know, healthy eating, it doesn't need to be expensive. It doesn't need to be restrictive, and it certainly doesn't need to be boring. You know, I have nearly 10 years of experience in the nutrition industry now, and I've really dedicated my career to helping women in particular – find peace and happiness and just sustainability with their body, with their health and with their lifestyle. So I really have that holistic approach. And my aim with my social media and with my tribe on Instagram is to really just cut through the bs online you know i want to show people real practical and evidence-based advice around the three um, niche areas that i have and that i have specialties in and they include emotional eating gut health and sustainable fat loss for women um so i do very much have a focus on on females and really helping them just understand what has some evidence and science behind it and what they can do from a sustainability perspective to make their results last long term
1: and that's why I guess I'm so drawn to you is because I feel like that no BS approach is needed because I swear there is a new approach to dieting and health popping up every single day, just about from keto, vegan, to intermittent fasting, tracking macros, and so on and so forth. I mean, definitely for me years ago, it was all about counting calories, which I don't do anymore, but there are just so many different approaches and so many different experts, and I'm using air quotes, experts sharing their best approach. So I guess your mission is to help the everyday woman make sense of that. But do you have any, I guess, basic tips for people when it comes to being bombarded with so many different approaches?
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, You know, social media—it's blessed us with so many great things, but at the same time, it's so confusing. And you know, we forget that just because somebody has a six-pack doesn't necessarily mean that they're qualified. And I guess the thing um, to help cut through a lot of that BS that I see online is that the number one thing that I always tell people to look out for—that a page or an influencer is promoting—you know—one best approach, like do my approach. It's the only thing you need. It'll change your life. You know, if that worked, we wouldn't have an obesity crisis Mm. in Australia and in the rest of the world. You know, health is just so much more than what we just put in our mouth. So people forget that you don't have to follow a super restrictive diet or count your calories or really be obsessive. We forget that health is holistic. Sometimes the simplest things in our lifestyle can have the biggest impact on helping us achieve our goals. You know, we forget that if we're not sleeping well – How do we expect to get up and crush the gym at 5 a.m.? Or if we're so stressed that we're just binging on chocolate at 3 o'clock at work every day, how do we expect to achieve our weight loss goals? So I always encourage people to think of health as holistic. It's not just about the latest diet. Map out every area of your life that encompasses good health to you. So think about, you know, think about your sleep, think about your bowels, think about your digestion. How stressed are you? How hydrated are you? How many vegetables do you eat? Do you use alcohol as a coping mechanism? You know, what area in your life are are you really falling down in? And then pick that area and make that area a priority and just work on that every single day until that area becomes almost like second nature to you and it's something that you just wake up and you just do every day. So too often we just want to overhaul our entire lifestyle by following the latest diet or the latest trend or you know the latest influencer if they're drinking their celery juice or something like that but (laughs) it's so it's so difficult for us to do because we're literally overhauling everything and instead of teaching ourselves really easy sustainable habits you know that motivation wears off and we revert back to our old habits and you know we're back to where we started so rather than trying to overhaul everything why not start by just changing one small habit at a time and working so hard on that and putting all of your energy and all of your focus into that until that just becomes part of your life and then choosing another area because sure it'll take you it'll take you longer to achieve your goals but you'll actually be able to maintain it lifelong. So that's probably my biggest, I guess, tip for people to cut through the BS online is stop looking for the the best approach and start, you know, personalizing that approach to you. What about you and your lifestyle? What works for you? What are things that you like to do? And then pick a
1: small thing and change that and see how you go. I love that advice. And that's something that definitely resonates really deeply for me because, you know, for myself 10 years ago, I really struggled with disordered eating and I, I tried every approach. I went through every single fad and I was always looking for that quick fix, you know, make me better, make me great, make it easy. And exactly like you said, I didn't have that awareness to look at the whole picture and go, you know what? I am just trying to mask what I'm feeling. Like I'm You know, there are so many deep-seated issues and we won't go into them and we'll be here all day, Leanne. But there were, you know, I really had to get to a point in my life where I could look at health, like you said, holistically and go, you know what? It's not about buying that $40 plan and sticking exactly to that to a T. It's about, okay, what can I do each and every day that's going to add to my happiness and add to my core values and align with who I want to be, not you know, how am I going to twist and mold and bend and force myself to be something that I'm not? So I really, really love that advice. And particularly, as you said, you have to look at everything. You have to look at sleep. You have to look at how much water you're getting. And I'm often saying on my stories, you know, women are often saying to me, what's a supplement that I should take? And supplements can be amazing. And, you know, I I take magnesium and I take a few different other things, but that's no good like you don't need a superfood if you're not sleeping like you need to fix your sleeping first exactly or uh, you know you need to be drinking enough water first so I guess you know whether you're a parent or you're not sometimes just that awareness or the struggle of balancing all of your commitments and not really I guess going inwards and finding the time to really look at things holistically can be really challenging so what would be, well, I guess you kind of covered this, but your first basic advice on where to start if trying to shift your mindset and live a healthier lifestyle, would it be sitting down and writing out the areas of your life that you feel like you're not doing super well in and then perhaps offering a solution to that or like, where would you start? Yeah, as
0: I said, I think we just get so overwhelmed that we just try to change everything and then we end up just crashing and burning and we're back to where we started. So just start small. Mm. You know, we live in this world with social media. We have everything at our t- fingertips. You know, we're used to instant gratification and we want the same for our health. You know, we want to lose 10 kilos and we want to lose it like that. Whereas when I sit down with the majority of my clients and I sort of say, all right, run me back through the last 10 years, you know, what's happened? And they'll say to me, you know, over the Last five or ten years, you know, I've put on about ten kilos, and so I say to them, "All right, so you've put on ten kilos in ten years, and you expect to lose it in an eight-week challenge? It just doesn't make sense. So start small, guys. Start small, and it will actually be sustainable. So instead of trying to overhaul your entire life." Just pick one thing and work at it every single day. Yes, it will take you longer to reach your goals, but, you know, I always love to use this example. I see so many people who have completed like, you know, eight week or 10 week challenges and they may have lost five to 10 kilos, but the minute that challenge is over, they didn't actually learn anything about their habits. They revert back to their previous bad habits and they put all of the weight mm. back on plus some. Most people have this yo-yo dieting effect because they feel so restricted when they're dieting that when they finish the diet, they put all the weight back on and more because they feel so restricted and they lose, you know, sense of their hunger and fullness um, sort of mechanisms within their body that they just eat for the sake of eating because they feel so restrictive. So not only did you not keep the weight off, you're actually heavier than where you previously started. So a really good goal for my, uh, for my clients that I like to set is just, you know, if you're aiming for weight loss and you have a larger amount of weight to lose, set yourself a goal of one kilo, one kilo in a month. Now, most people would view that as a failure, but if you just focused on one habit and one habit only, and that allowed you to lose one kilo's, I would be screaming that from the rooftops like that is such a success in my books because if you thought about 12 months and you were able to maintain your habits for 12 months, that's 12 kilos, Kylie. That is incredible. Mm. Could you imagine if somebody lost 12 kilos and actually kept it off 12 months later? Isn't that incredible?
1: And that's just it. And that whole, I guess, mentality of the challenge and the restriction, I know for myself, speaking from my own experience, when you're so Tightly coiled when you're so controlled with your food. Like you said, the moment that the pressure is off, you've completed the challenge, you've done what you set out to do, you go completely the opposite way and you lose control. And you will, like, you know, and and not for every, every single person out there, because I think it does come down to a lot of mindset and, you know, your emotional health. But for a lot of people, and in particular, women that I know in my life, then you lose control. And it's almost this cycle of proving to yourself that you can't do it, that you get addicted to. It's like, see, I, you know, I, I knew I couldn't do it because the weight comes back on and it's just this vicious cycle. Whereas, like you said, if you focused on a small amount over a realistic period, you're not going to have that super tightly coiled control freak inside of you that needs to be released um, and eat all of the food. You're going to be so much more balanced, which I think is just such good advice.
0: And your body actually, it you allow it time to adapt to it. So our body, you know, it likes where we are. It wants to maintain the state of homeostasis. It likes where you've always been. So if you try to change Mm. that, the minute that you try and lose some weight, the body undergoes a lot of sort of metabolic adaptions and it wants to bring you back to where you previously were. So it'll do a lot of things like drive up your appetite and, you know, decrease the amount of energy that you spend every day to try and bring you back to your original set point. So we have the research and the science to show us that the slower you lose the weight the better and the more likely you are to actually keep it off
1: Mm, which is like you said we have the research we have the evidence but then we also have on the other hand so much pressure for people to lose weight quickly and so much focus on how we look and you know in particular I know that there are a lot of mums listening and a lot of new mums and we are bombarded with images of women postpartum like I'm talking like a week later in their bikini with their newborn and that is just a lot and you know 10 years ago it was images on the covers of magazines but now I think it's even more detrimental because it is social media so it's in your hands you know you're looking at these before if it's just on the cover of a magazine you have a choice to walk past that and not buy into it whereas now social media is such a big part of our culture that so many mums are up late at night scrolling Instagram and probably likely putting that pressure on themselves to lose weight quickly and to bounce back. And, you know, I know we're going to jump into some gut health stuff, which I'm really excited about, but while I've got you, I thought I would just ask, what would be your advice to new mums who are wanting to follow a challenge or get back to their pre-baby weight And they've got a young baby. Mm -hmm.
0: So I think you touched on a really important concept with social media and magazines, where I think, you know, we always know that, you know, models in magazines, they get airbrushed, they get touched up. It's, you know, the best photo of the 200 that the photographer took that day. But I think that we forget that that's social media as well. Social media is our perfectly edited highlight reel. You know, we don't post a bad photo to social media. I think that people also forget that a lot of photos on social media are airbrushed. They are touched up. They are the best photo of the 200 that they took, you know, they might have taken that day. And I think we just we almost you know I know myself when social media first came about many years ago I used to screenshot photos and save them into an album that I called you know hashtag inspo but that was one of the most detrimental things I could have done personally mm-hmm. for my mental health because I was trying to compare myself to somebody that I would never be you know I don't have the same genetics as that person I don't have the same lifestyle as that person I'm not the same height as that person whereas I think this sort of comparison syndrome on social media it's so detrimental to our mental health so for anybody listening at home if you've got an album on your phone or anything like that that says hashtag inspo get rid of that album and stop trying to compare yourself to everybody else because you are so much more than just you know, that, that photo or that image of you in a, in a you know set point in time. So I like to get my ladies, particularly new mums, focus on something that has nothing to do with your weight. You know, how much energy do do you have? How are your bowels working? What's your digestion like? If you're breastfeeding, are you getting enough water in? So pick something that has nothing to do with your weight. Again, a small goal and work really, really, really hard on that because at the end of the day, if you're taking care of your body, if you're feeding it great food, if you're giving it enough hydration you're moving your body regularly you're focusing on your digestion guess what Kylie the weight will take care of itself in time without you having to obsess about it
1: or anything like that I love that and I am right there with you on that one I am the biggest believer in that because I know for myself when I was super focused on my eating and my diet and you know pre-kids I was the same as you Leanne. I had like a you know a Fitspo album I also had You know, I'd cut out women from like bodybuilding magazines and competitions and I had them stuck on my fridge, right? And my body, it was the worst it's ever been. And I think that's because I was trying, like you said, trying to make myself will my body into being something it's not and it's something unrealistic. It's completely unrealistic for the average woman to idealize a bodybuilder or a bikini um, competitor's shape because... That is like a full time job in itself, and you know, for me, when I was really focused on getting to a certain number, I could never freaking get there. But the moment, well, not the moment, you know, f- fast forward like five, seven years, as a mum, when it comes to my body now, I'm thinking about the foods that make me feel good, and like you said, the side effects. I want to be able to get on the playground with the boys. I want to be able to chase them, keep up with them. I love the, be- I love the fact that I can run next to them while they're on their bikes and I'm not puffed out and I'm not exhausted and it's those things that because I focus on them and that's my value my body now sits at the bloody number that I've spent years trying to get it to sit at but it's not my primary concern because I'm focusing on the more important stuff and then your body just you know it takes care of itself when your headspace is right that's that's what i found anyway
0: Exactly, I, I 100% agree. And, you know, when you think about the foods that are going to give you plenty of energy, is it, you know, that chocolate bar that's going to give you a quick energy hit and you're going to feel pretty crappy, you know, an hour later and craving more chocolate? Or do you want to actually sit down and prepare yourself a really nourishing lunch, which you know will give you more energy in the long run? So I think it's just really about shifting our priorities and realizing that what we see on social media. It's not real life 90% of the time. As you said, these people walking around with perfectly tan skin and six packs and holidaying all over the world, that's their full-time job. You know, it is their full-time job to maintain a six pack and be a bodybuilder. And, you know, that is a full-time job in itself for some people. And so I think comparing ourselves to them, it's its never really going to end well. And as you said, if you just focus on how you feel and other areas of your health that have nothing to do with tracking your calories or your weight or anything like that, Everything will take care of itself at the end of the day if you just work on nourishing and fueling your body appropriately and how you feel at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely. I am right there with you on that one. Now, I wanted to just kind of switch gears a little bit, although I love I love everything you've said and I think it's so important. But I really wanted to zone in on gut health because it's a really topical conversation lately. I know that the podcasts that I really enjoy, a lot of them are focusing on gut health and of course, yours as well. And I love learning about this. I'm so fascinated by the topic. I feel like I'm always taking little facts and tidbits and being, you know, running home and, you know, telling my friends and things like that. Did you know X, Y, Z about the gut? Because growing up, it was never about gut health. So I think it's amazing that now we have so much more knowledge and it is more topical. And I guess I just wanted to get your Um, opinion and your expertise on the area because I've heard people refer to the gut lately as the second brain. So why is that and why is gut health
0: so important? Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it is a lot of what we now know about the gut has really been in the last sort of five years or so. The research and the science in, in the field of gut health has come through in leaps and bounds only really in the last couple of years. And I agree with you. What we know now, we now know that gut health is so important. And there's this really famous quote. I forget who said it, but it basically says that all health begins in the gut. And I believe that to be true so much. And when you think about those feelings or the sensations you have in your body you know have you ever had butterflies in your stomach or have you ever just had a gut feeling like you knew in your gut that that was right or that was something that you had to do so when we think about our gut and our second brain our gut and our brain is so closely linked so What we now know about the gut and the brain is that they are both the only organs with their own nervous systems. So the brain has the CNS, the central nervous system, and the gut has what we call the ENS, the enteric nervous system. So the evidence shows us that our gut actually contains more neurotransmitters than our brain. That is amazing. Wow. And then there's this also yeah, and there's this complex, really complex communication system happening between our brain and our gut, and we've sort of termed that our gut brain access. So this communication, it's really bi-directional, so the gut can communicate to the brain and vice versa. And this I guess communication pathway uses our autonomic nervous system so we have what's called our vagus nerve um, and that's the main pathway that our gut and our brain communicate and I like to think of this nerve as um, almost like a super highway of connectivity between our gut and our brain that's how sort of large that communication pathway is um and as I mentioned, the gut and the brain, it's its that bi-directional uh, pathway that connects it. And our ENS, so our enteric nervous system in our gut, actually it covers our entire GI tract, so our entire gastrointestinal tract. So our gut-brain access actually links our emotional and our cognitive centers of our brain with our intestinal functions. So we think about our gut having its own second brain. Think about when we're really aware of our tummy or our GI problems you know you might be really stressed and you're running to the bathroom a little bit more or perhaps you feel really stressed or anxious and you feel like your tummy's just tied up in knots or you just have that really uneasy feeling in your gut or you know, you might say to someone, "I've just got a gut feeling," or "I've just mm. I've got butterflies." That's that gut brain connection that we know of, almost like our second brain. And those sort of feelings help us to understand that really close connection between our gut and our brain. And that's sort of why we say that our gut has its its own brain, um, or is a second brain for our body as well.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so much amazing information to process and download, and so fascinating. And I think you know, one of the biggest and I guess most simple takeaways is to understand that what's going on in your brain and what's going in, in your what's going on in your gut, it's a two way street. It's really powerful. And like you said, we know that. Like we know it at a basic level of going, you know what, I'm nervous, so I'm running to the bathroom. Um, and things like that. But I guess the flip side is if you're not looking after your gut health with the things that you're eating, it's also going to impact the way you're thinking so interesting so do you have any quick gut health hacks that you could share with our listeners like just things that the everyday woman or the everyday man can implement on a daily basis that they'll, they'll just feel good about and and you know receive the the benefits of introducing
0: definitely Kylie I'm so excited to share this one with your listeners today because the best gut hack, and I'm just going to give you one today, because this one will be so powerful in changing your overall gut health. So the best gut hack that we know of that's truly backed by research and science is to eat more fruits, veggies, whole grains, and fiber. Now, I know that is a boring message. We hear it all the time. I know that you're sitting at home, and you're going, oh, blah, blah, dietitian saying to eat more veggies, right? But we don't We only now really understand how fiber and prebiotics influence our gut health. So a diet that is rich in fruits, veggies, whole grains, you know, nuts, seeds, chickpeas, lentils, all of these sorts of things fuel our body with what we call natural prebiotics, not probiotics, prebiotics. So together with dietary fiber, prebiotics provide such an important component of a healthy, balanced diet because they act as a main fuel source for our gut microbiome. So fiber and prebiotics, they can't be broken down by the body. So they're actually, they're enzymes that go all the way through to our intestine, relatively untouched. And once they're in our large intestine, they're broken down by our gut bacteria into what we call short chain fatty acids. So quite a, you know, a complex term, but basically one uh, particular short chain fatty acid, which is really important for gut health is butyrate because butyrate actually is a primary fuel source. For our intestinal cells, it helps us maintain the integrity and the strength of our gut barrier. It helps to reduce inflammation in our body, and it helps to promote feelings of satiety, which we know is that that feeling of fullness after our meal. So, if you're somebody who's trying to lose weight, that butyrate helps you to feel full and satisfied after your meals. So, prebiotics are absolutely key for gut health, and people skip right over them because they're like, "Oh, veggies, blah blah." Heard that all before. But when you understand the impact of what prebiotics have and they predominantly come from a lot of our fruits and our veggies you understand the impact of them on gut health and boom you know everything changes it's suddenly it's suddenly like i just want to eat prebiotics all day every day because i understand the implications on my on my weight for example or my mood or my gut health and you know some of my favorite prebiotics because i'm going to preempt your next question are things like custard apples pistachios cashews rolled oats you know one of my favorite breakfasts i eat rolled oats nearly every single morning things like lentils and chickpeas onion and garlic beetroot rye bread grapefruits nectarines you know the list goes on but you'll see that most of them are in our whole grains our fruits and our veggies so those general health messages that we put out as dietitians all the time it is backed by research in science and the more we know about gut health the more we understand how important they are for just our general health but also our gut health
1: I love that, and you're right. Like when you said, "I'm going to give you the one answer," but it's it's not necessarily the one that people want to hear. Because, like you said earlier in our conversation, every day things are becoming easier for us, and everything's at our fingertips. And you kind of do start to overlook those basic things. You know, growing up, it was all about eating, you know, five serves of veg and this and that. But now people are putting vegetables into capsules, you know, and saying, "Here's your serve of veg." So is it the same? I'm guessing it's not the same if you have a supplement, like if you have your greens powder or your capsule, is, are you going to receive the same benefits of actually physically eating those foods? Yeah, look, I'm
0: not going to say it's, it's detrimental to do those sorts of things, but I am such a fan of whole foods first. And also, when we look at the research in science, all of this research and science is based on whole foods. We don't have adequate research and evidence to to you know look at capsules and pills and that sort of thing. But what we do know from a supplementation perspective is um, we know that taking, you know, eating vitamin A in food compared to taking vitamin A in a supplement, they have very different effects in your body. Your body processes and breaks down supplements very differently to how they do real foods, and we just don't have that research in science to show, um, you know, any real real benefit from supplements and from pills and powders. So my message will always be as a dietitian: whole food first. And I think people just want the quick fix; they want the pill; mm. they want the shortcut. They're not willing to put in the hard work. But when you think about, you know, everything you need to do for your health in general, you know, it's easy to take a pill and keep doing all the crappy things that you you've been doing yeah. for the rest of your life. But and that's not going to change you.
1: Good
0: job. yeah exactly it's not going to change you it's not going to help you because if mm. it did if there was one pill or one powder or one capsule Kylie that helped us all again 70 percent of Australians wouldn't be overweight and obese if there was one pill that fixed us all
1: no of course not and that's like I keep saying I love your messaging and I love that it's evidence-based it completely aligns with my values as well and when it does come to eating those basic foods your whole grains and your vegetables and your fruit how important is variety because I have to put my hand up and say, I'm actually really, really crap at variety. I get stuck in my ways and I can eat the same thing day in, day out. Like, you know, you can bet your bottom dollar that after we finish our chat here, I'm going to go inside and I'm going to have a banana with peanut butter on it because that's what I have most days. But how important is variety? In terms of gut health, from a gut
0: health perspective, absolutely key. So diversity of plants is the number one thing that will improve your gut health overall a diversity of plants now the research shows us at the moment about 30 different plants every week is what is needed for optimum gut health it sounds like a lot but i'm not just talking about vegetables you don't need to eat 30 different types of vegetables i'm talking about nuts and seeds and um you know fruits and whole grains as well so if you went in um, to your house and had a banana perhaps if you had it with almond butter instead of peanut butter or perhaps if you used tahini again you're just getting a small amount of diversity in a similar sort of thing so Mm -hmm. say i mentioned that i eat rolled oats for breakfast every single morning you know i might do it as porridge or i might do it as overnight oats and i might grate a zucchini in it one day or grate a carrot in it the next day one day i might use chia seeds one day i might use linseeds so just Mm -hmm. that diversity is key and we don't need to have completely different meals just substitute you know similar types of ingredients a nut for a different type of nut a seed for another seed a vegetable for a similar sort of vegetable i love that yeah. And 30 plants is really what we aim for a day and do it as a bit of a, a fun game. Like if you're listening at home and you have kids, one of the reasons that I got into health and, and nutrition and wellness to begin with was because of my mom. You know, she had such an absolute passion for nutrition and she used to take me, my sister and my brother to the shops and we'd all choose a different fruit or a different vegetable. And she would build a meal around that. And sometimes she didn't even know what that vegetable was, you know, but <laughs> we would always have different types of fruits and veggies and we would choose them as children. And she'd get us an Involved in sort of meal planning and meal preparation. And it would allow her to, you know, cook different things and experiment with different meals as well. So even before, you know, this is 20 years ago, 25 years ago when I was a kid, Before she knew about the research with diversity of plants in terms of improving our gut health, she still knew, I think, at some level how important it was to try new foods every day.
1: Mm, And I think just that simple activity actually ticks so many different boxes. It ticks the box of spending quality time because it's an activity of going, you know what, we're going to try this, we're going to cook it together, we're going to investigate this fruit, this vegetable, whatever it is. So it's nice because you're spending family time. But also for little ones who are really fussy, one of the biggest things I've learned is getting them to handle new foods, even if they you know, only take a little nibble of a new food, just having them handle the food. And something we used to do with the boys when they were far younger was we would play like little guessing games with food. Like, you know, we'd get an eggplant, we'd get a capsicum kiwi fruit, those sorts of things. And I'd say to them like, what color is it going to be inside? And what do you think it'll feel like? And is it going to be sweet? Like those sorts of things to just try to encourage curiosity into our kids. So I love that. Sounds like your mom was well on the ball. Awesome. And I just wanted to say again, I love that you said just like a little tweak. So that's easy for me because I do like to eat the same things because I just minimise my choices throughout the day I feel like I'm making so many choices anyway as someone who owns a business and has kids and blah 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 so that's why I tend to eat the same thing but it's super easy for me to have a variety of nut butters or like you said tahini and just mix it up so it's not always the exact same so thank you for sharing that with me and I just wanted to touch on the like the products that are really trendy right now for gut health in terms of your kombuchas your sauerkraut um sauerkraut <laughs> um, and those sorts of products that people are all about the fermented stuff right now and it's all about i guess sharing those those products what's your opinion on them
0: yeah so as i said my number one gut health tip that I gave the listeners about prebiotics and eating more, you know, diversity of plants, aiming for 30 a day, that is going to be your absolute best starting place. Mm. So all of these things that you mentioned, you know, there's so many, you know, gut health drinks and capsules and pills and powders and that sort of thing on the market that it is very difficult for consumers to know, will it have an effect or not? But sort of in my eyes, now there's no research behind this, it's just just sort of what I see and from what I've read, those things are going to provide you know, maybe five or 10% benefit, you know, Mm. you're really going to get the huge and the biggest bulk of your benefit from eating a diversity of plants. So I like to say to people, look, save your money. Stop looking for that quick fix or that pill or that supplement or that sort of thing. By all means, if your diet is great and you're super healthy and you're thriving, if you want to use some, you know, some of those products, in your life and you can afford them, then absolutely. But if money is a bit tight and you've got a couple of kids and, you know, you, you don't have extra money to spend, spend it on trying different fruits and vegetables. Don't waste it on, you know, a ten dollar bottle of kombucha or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of um, you know, fermented vegetables and that sort of thing. I, I think that they're wonderful to add to to your meals. But when I think about it in the grand scheme of things, I always like to say it, um And begin to analogies, Kylie, and I like to think of, you know, things like kombucha and, um, you know, different pills and supplements for gut health almost like sprinkles on a cake. You know, if you don't get your ingredients right in the cake first, there's absolutely no point putting the sprinkles on top because no one's going to eat the cake anyway. Mm. So we don't want to do the hard work. We don't want to do the groundwork and lay the foundation first. We'd just rather put the sprinkles on top and buy the quick pill or something like that. So these foods, they're not bad for us, but there's no real research or science behind them to back them, Um, particularly with probiotics. um, You know, what will really help your gut health is prebiotics and you don't need prebiotics in a capsule you just need to eat real food And with probiotics, there is a lot of research behind them, but it's very, very, it comes down to the particular strain, the correct dose, the correct condition that you're treating. And a lot of times people will just grab a probiotic off the shelf and it's not going to have any effect or any influence on the condition that they're trying to solve because that, that strain in that probiotic hasn't been linked to the condition that they're trying to solve. So probiotics do have their time and their, you know, their place, but if you're going to take one, I would hundred percent recommend working with a practitioner who understands how to interpret the literature and the science to choose a probiotic that is going to be beneficial to your condition and not just randomly grab one off the shelf and hope that it you know it helps your gut health
1: Mm, that's really really powerful to know because there's so much marketing surrounding these products like you said kombucha you know i know myself in my own circle of friends you know you might have like kind of a night of indulging which is awesome every now and then but then you think oh t- you know tomorrow I'll have a kombucha and I'll save myself <laughs> like you know I'll undo all of the, the, the damage I may have potentially done so I think that's really really interesting and it's just it comes down to good marketing and pushing superfoods and appealing to that quick fix mentality but you know when it does come to things that you can do to your gut that you might say are not ideal like what is the worst thing that we as humans can do for our gut health? Honestly, it's
0: unnecessarily cutting things out. Like I just see I see so many people on Instagram who say, Oh, I'm such a wellness practitioner, oh I'm such a holistic health coach. And all they all they recommend is cutting things out. You will never see me promoting diets or anything like that that cut things out. You know, I'm not gluten-free, I'm not dairy free, I'm not keto. I believe that you can include everything in your diet if that's what you if you like sure if you get symptoms that or you're you have an allergy or something like that that's a different story but people who just unnecessarily cut things out you're just unnecessarily cutting out you know great things like natural prebiotics and vitamins and minerals so one of the worst things that you can do for your gut health is to go keto or go gluten-free. So unless you have diagnosed celiac disease, gluten will be more beneficial in most cases to most people than actually cutting it out. So I mentioned those natural sources of prebiotics. Two examples are rye bread and rolled oats. They both contain gluten, but they're wonderfully healthy for your gut bacteria. They're natural sources of prebiotics. They're actually going to decrease the inflammation, not as how other sort of unqualified practitioners will promote it, that gluten's you know inflammation causing. It's only inflammatory if you have diagnosed celiac disease because your body attacks um you know, sort of itself with that, that autoimmune condition. So if you don't have diagnosed celiac disease, gluten will be more beneficial for your gut. And same deal with keto. Keto, you're cutting out all of the natural sources of fiber and prebiotics. All of these things, All of these things provide fuel for your gut bacteria. You cut them out. It's one of the worst things that you can do for your gut health overall. And then that's just two sort of food related things. When we think of, you know, health as holistic and we think about lifestyle factors, obviously smoking and regular alcohol consumption, they're going to be very damaging for our gut in the long term, Mm -hmm. but also think of lack of sleep and constant stress. You know, we know our gut is holistic. If we're not getting enough sleep and we're constantly stressed, our gut health is never going to be great.
1: I love that. That's really, really helpful. And I agree completely with the whole cutting things out, which is, you know, why I don't, I guess, tend to talk too much about my exact diet as much, you know, I get asked a lot about, oh, are you vegetarian? Are you this? Are you that? Because the way that I eat isn't going to be the perfect way that you need to eat. And for me, one of the biggest unlocks to health and happiness for myself kind of taking more of an intuitive eating approach. You know, do I enjoy this meal? Does this meal make me feel full? Do I have energy from this meal? And then it allowed me to look at things, I guess, more logically to go, you know what, this food makes me feel great and I'm going to, you know, keep eating that Versus That food made me feel awful, but it's not necessarily going to be the same for each and every person. Like you said, some people can tolerate gluten, whereas other people, they can't. So I guess it's just getting curious about your own body and not buying into the stigma that's put out there. Because I know myself, when I go down the health food aisle, like the stuff that's marketed as healthy and gluten-free and the best approach, you look at the ingredients and the first ingredient, you know, it's sugar, then it's a chemical. It's always a filler. Like it's, you know, but people are putting those items in their trolleys or in their baskets because they want to do the right thing based off that external information and pressure that they're getting.
0: A hundred percent. And I always like to say to people, you know, a keto brownie or a paleo brownie, it's still a brownie. Mm. We've always been (sighs) brainwashed or conditioned to think that because it's, you know, it's organic or because it's free from, you know, X, Y, Z, gluten, dairy, you know, whatever, free from whatever, that it automatically makes it a healthier option. But you know what the healthiest option is? It's the food that our great, great, great grandparents used to eat. It's back to basics, natural food that doesn't have an expiry date. It doesn't come in a packet. It doesn't have an ingredient list. It doesn't have a nutritional label. That is the best thing that you can do for your health in general is to just eat real food.
1: Mm, I love that. It's, So simple, but powerful and just needed. And I guess that's, like I said, why I'm drawn to your approach. So just quickly for anyone who may be struggling with gut symptoms, like, you know, having to run to the bathroom all the time or bloating or just general discomfort, I guess, I'm just going to guess what you're going to say that your suggestion would be to just really focus in on those whole foods. That and
0: also working with a specialist, working with a dietitian. You know, I find it so fascinating that if there's something wrong with your teeth, you'll go see a dentist. If there's something wrong with your car, you'll go see a mechanic. But we always think that we can do health and nutrition ourselves. You know, I've got Mm. over six years of university education. I constantly through all the research and studies looking for the newest and greatest things that will help my clients. Yet everybody seems to think they can do it themselves. But please enlist in the help of working with a dietitian one on one. Um, because eating and health and particularly gut health symptoms it's so individualized and it's such an expert area that a lot of people you know they sort of say you know i'm doing this for my gut health but there's really no research or science to back it sure it might work for them but it definitely doesn't work for the majority of the people So I actually offer three package gut health consults for clients online and that's worldwide and I know a lot of other dietitians do too, but gut health is such a it's such a specialist area. So when you're online and you're looking for someone to help with your symptoms, please ensure that they're appropriately qualified and they have a special interest in the gut health and the understanding of the complexities that come with it. So you should always ask somebody that you're about to work with. What they recommend sort of as a general guide for gut health, and if it's a particular protocol or a special Diet or this one approach that they're going to do for all of their clients, run away, save your money because
1: discount code,
0: (laughs) hundred percent. Because gut health is a hundred percent personalized nutrition. You need to pick your clinician very carefully, and if they have one approach that they do for every single one of their clients. Run away. That is not personalized to you. And you know, everybody's gut health symptoms are so different and so individualized. And we know gut health isn't just what we put in our mouth. Our symptoms can be triggered by our environment, our stress, our sleep, our medication. We need to look at it holistically, but we don't need to have, you know, a lot of holistic practitioners online who call themselves holistic just don't have that evidence or science behind them to back them and they'll put you on a gluten free, dairy free diet when realistically those foods can be wonderfully healthy for your gut health. So really just ensure that the the person is appropriately qualified and ensure that they're not just going to put you on a particular protocol or program or diet. Make sure that they are offering you 100% personalized advice and never just go with a one-off consult. The reason I only offer three is because gut health is such a complex area and it requires a lot of trial and error. I will never say to a client, I will definitely be able to help you or I will definitely cure your symptoms. I cannot promise them that. And if anybody promises you that, again, you should run away and fast and save your money and find somebody who's appropriately qualified and understands that gut health is individualized and it is different for every single person.
1: And I think that's the best thing you can do is investigate and be curious and learn. And then you're going to benefit from those wonderful side effects because you're switching your focus to what can you gain, not what do you need to lose. So powerful. And so I You mentioned that you do work with clients worldwide and I know that you offer those packages, but you also have an incredible community where you really promote education and support and you also have a lot of mums who are involved in that community. Where can our listeners find out more information about you and everything that you do?
0: Sure. So I've got a a website. So just leanneward.com.au and some of my services are available on that website. And that program that you're mentioning Kylie um, is Love Living Lean. So I run that with a good friend of mine, Angelique Clark. She's a specialist sports dietitian in Brisbane as well. And we've created a platform purely for women. We don't take men at all. And we've created this, this 12 week program. And I don't want to say it's a weight loss program. It is so much more than that. It's a holistic approach to health. We teach our ladies how to nourish and fuel their body we don't count calories we don't track macros we don't expect you to go and read you know every single nutrition label or prescribe to us as a different way of eating or anything like that we just use real food to fuel your bodies and teach you the education that you need so we have a knowledge hub hub within love living lean so every week the ladies in our program get blogs and videos and we talk about all sorts of different things that you know you don't normally hear about or read about we talk about hormones We talk about fat loss signs, we talk about cravings, the different types of hunger, why being too restrictive is detrimental. We talk about um, supplementation, we talk about gut health, we talk about all of these wonderful concepts that people just don't really truly understand so we very much believe that knowledge is power and we've created a community of women that we lift each other up and we support each other it is by no means a competition we don't you know award a prize to the person that loses the most amount of weight at the end of the 12 weeks it is purely a personal journey and we've created a supportive community of women that um to be honest mostly mums because they just love the variety and the recipes and they're very family friendly and that sort of thing but they they love learning learning how to nourish their body and work with their bodies, not against it, not cut things out as well. So we're on Instagram at, um, at Love Lean, and we've got a website as well, lovelivinglean.com.au. If you're interested, we just launched our round four, which is in its um, first week at the moment, and we'll be launching another round at the end of this 12 weeks as well.
1: Amazing. And so that's a program that, like I just said, is so is so focused on giving And educating, it's not a 12-week restriction program where everyone's eating 800 calories a day and that sort of thing. It's more about, hey, let's make a commitment for three months to see what we can learn and see if we can do this the slow, steady, appropriate and proven way. Exactly. And so that those results
0: last as well. And we've had ladies, we're in our fourth round at the moment, who are still from round one, and they just keep rejoining every single round purely because they just love the support. And also, as we say, the science and the evidence changes all the time. So Angie and I are constantly throwing out new knowledge bombs to our ladies and saying, hey, look, this is a great new research study. This is what we've just learned in this area. So Mm. if you're looking for a community of women, if you're looking for a supportive community, we do not call ourselves a challenge on purpose. We're a 12-week program run entirely by experts funded by the latest research in science and we will teach you how to not overhaul your life but just make small changes so that they're sustainable and we teach you how to nourish and fuel your body our meal plans kylie start at 2,000 calories that is unheard of in the diet industry or in the weight loss industry because any active female Any active female who is is doing exercise and is chasing the kids around every day needs fuel to, to fuel their body, needs food to fuel and nourish their body. And then the meal plans sort of slowly drop down week by week. But we teach our ladies how to personalize that. We teach them how to be in tune with their hunger levels and their fullness levels. And we particularly always get um, feedback from our ladies saying, I've never felt so full and satisfied after my meals. You know, I don't even think about the sugar cravings I used to get because, you know, I'm eating carbs and I previously feared carbs at lunchtime. I'd only eat, you know, lettuce leaves. But we've given our ladies like lasagna or pasta or something like that. And they love it. And they just feel so much more full and satisfied that they don't even have to think about all of those other processed foods that they used to eat because they're so full and satisfied from just eating real food, back to basics, real food.
1: And then the side effect from that I'm imagining is because you're fulfilled, you're satisfied, you feel happier, your brain's happier. Guess what? Your gut health is going to be happier, right?
0: A hundred percent. Love it.
1: (laughs) So important. There have been so many great takeaways and I really appreciate your pro, your approach, your authenticity, and your knowledge. So thank you so much for sharing with our community. And for anyone listening, make sure you jump over and give Leanne Ward a follow on Instagram. I'll pop up some stories as well so you can find her really, really easily because you're going to love her stuff.
0: Thank you, Carly. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks, Leanne.
0: I really hope that you guys enjoyed all my wisdom and tips today on Kylie's podcast. If you did enjoy it, please make sure that you go and leave me a rating or a review in the Purple iTunes podcast app. It really does mean the world to me, guys, and it just means that I'm able to get my evidence-based messages out to more people, the more ratings and reviews that I receive in
1: um, the Apple app. Thanks so much, guys.